Well, hi, everyone. Hey, can you believe it? There are 23,000 life coaches in the United States these days. 23,000. I mean, what's that all about? And forecasts project that that number is going to double in the next 10 years. It's already a multi-billion dollar industry. Well, we'll talk about the amazing rise in life coaching today and how that uh, creates uh, perfect opportunities for people like you and me who want to have fresh impact in our corner of the world. Hi, if we haven't met yet, I'm Doug Newton, a pastor for 45 years, national award-winning magazine editor and author of 24 books. And this is At the Intersection with Doug Newton, where scripture, culture, and character meet. And I'm here to help you pursue the kind of character needed to align with scripture faithfully and to engage culture graciously, graciously. Now, each week I make one observation about our culture. I give one insight from the Bible that speaks to that issue. And I suggest one way to strengthen the character that you and I need to relate to our mixed up world with exemplary grace and fresh impact. Now, as I say every week, This is a no-gripe zone. Our question is not what's wrong with our culture. It's about what's the right way to respond. So, you ready? Here we go. Now, last week in episode 8, called HGTV and the Relentless How, I talked about how our user-friendly culture has taken away many problem-solving challenges that developed people's character in traits like patience and perseverance in in days gone by. People today, however, seem uh, more easily stymied more often in need of assistance in navigating life. Now, this claim, I think, finds plenty of supporting evidence from this explosion in the personal coaching industry. Listen to these facts again. Today, there are over 23,000 certified life, health, and wellness and relationship coaches. And that industry is, as I said, multi, a multi-billion dollar industry growing at a rate that's going to double in 10 years. And that doesn't even include a much larger number of people in career coaching, business coaching, executive coaching, parent and teen coaching, job skill coaching. But we're looking just at life coaching. Here's some interesting facts. 36% of female clients seeking life coaches do so to increase self-esteem. of those seeking out life coaches do it to change something about their life. 35% of coaching is to enhance simply interpersonal skills. I mean, doesn't it kind of sound like coaches do what parents did a couple generations ago? You know, coaching is not the same thing as counseling. Counselors address problems of the mind, the emotions, the behavior that afflict people in some way and and are perhaps even destructive. Coaches assist people not in dealing with those kind of problems, but in developing strengths, in setting goals, in making decisions, determining steps, taking action, and bringing accountability and encouragement. And while it is a skilled profession, to be sure, I mean, it's not rocket science, Think of it like GPS navigation, you know, the technology that tells drivers how to get from point A to point B. I mean, how many people these days even know how to read maps or plot their course? I mean, they don't really have to, do they? They just rely on that voice that tells them every turn to take. Well, the same thing is really happening to people when it comes to navigating everyday situations in life. User-friendliness takes away problem-solving character and skills, leaving people needing some voice to help them to know how to get to where they want to go. 
But like I said in last week's episode, this presents us with incredible opportunities for having a positive impact on others. I mean, if nothing else, this life coaching boom proves the point that people value and, and eagerly connect with anyone who can provide practical guidance. So that's why I landed last week on this very enthusiastic suggestion that we all master the use of what I call the relentless how technique, not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of people all around us who are hungry for some encouraging direction and guidance. But after finishing the episode last week and reviewing um, our thoughts and so forth, my wife, Margie, and I, we both thought, you know, it might be helpful not to move on to another topic but to come back around to this whole idea of putting into practice the uh, relentless how and actually give you a, a look, a couple samples of how to employ the relentless how in some common situations that you might face. So I'm really pleased to have Margie join me today. There she is, my beautiful wife. Uh, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to get this. We're going to role play two scenarios so you can see the relentless how in action. This is such an important technique that it is worth just taking this extra episode to go into a little bit more detail. By the time we've done this, we think it's going to give you a much better idea of how to use the relentless how personally and especially in assisting others. Now, two quick things before we get started. As you're going to soon see through these demonstrations, uh, the demonstrations, part of the beauty of the relentless how is that your role is not to give answers specifically or directly because the secret of the relentless how is just to care carefully and thoroughly keep asking the question in some form, how am I going to do that? Or again, when you're relating to others, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Your role is simply to help the person think through the action steps needed that, uh, to take toward a, a desire they have, a hope they have, or a change that they've already decided is worth taking and it's actually doable. So relax. You're not trying to psychoanalyze anyone. You're not responsible to solve their problems. You're just there to help them think through what they need to consider in order to go from point A to point, D, point B in their life. Yeah. Now, sometimes they'll think it through quickly with you at the time. Sometimes you're going to recognize uh, something that they haven't thought about. But again, that's just when it comes uh, to a good time to actually insert that. How are you going to do that? Uh, one reason there is such, this is a, such a privileged position to be in is because you're going to be providing three things that all people need. I mean, this alone is worth it. They need listening, they need encouragement, and they need assistance in the person making his or her own plan of action. Often they're actually going to wind up saying thank you, not because you really gave them answers, you just helped them arrive at answers themselves. And that always makes people feel good, and, and they'll be grateful, usually. I mean, sometimes they're going to still feel apprehensive because many times the things we see that we need to do is going to require some measure of courage or humility on our part. But again, that's when a listener like you can offer the uh, you-can-do-it encouragement at that time, or even a prayer if they are open to that. So 
Are you ready? Margie and I, here we are. We're going to go. This is, a, this is an example number one uh, where I'll be the person. And, and, and these examples are, are the kind of examples where someone's not coming to you, it, where e- they even have it in their mind. Here, would you tell me what to do? But just in the course of casual conversation, you're going to see an opportunity come along and they might say something like this. Oh, man, I have got to get my finances in order. Well, what do you think you're going to do to to need to get that done? I don't know. I, I, I know I got to do something. Well, you got to start somewhere. Where do you think you could start? Well, I, I don't know. I uh, obviously need to be more careful about my spending. Mm, sounds like a plan. How are you going to go about doing that? Do what? Be more careful <laughs> about your spending. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I eat out an awful lot. I could probably yeah, cut back on that somewhat. Well, that sure is a start. Do you think that'll do the trick? Is that the biggest reason? Well, I mean, it's a it's a big one. I know that, but it, it's probably not all I need to. Like, I don't spend that much money on food, but it's, I probably what, what else do you think? Don't don't try and take on too much at one time. Just find a couple things that'll make the biggest and quickest difference. Well, honestly, I I don't really know where my money goes. I've, I've never, I've never even had to track my spending before I, I, because I mean, I had a great job and it was paying me a ton of money, but things have changed since my company downsized me out of my job. And, and this new one that I have in it, everything's different. It just doesn't pay what I used to make. So yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not really going to know what I cut, cut back on until I actually start tracking my spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's not fun. Hard to stay consistent with that. But how do you think you're going to go about doing that? Do you keep your receipts? No, I've never done that, but uh, maybe I need to start doing that. Or maybe I could keep a notepad in the car and write it down or just slip a paper in my wallet. Just write it down on the spot when I make the purchase and then then keep that list, bring the list home and, and write everything down at the end of the day just before I go to bed, something like that. I don't know. Do you think you'll remember to do that? I, I think so. I don't know. Well, that sounds good. But, you know, if it were me, I probably would forget some days. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're probably right. So I, I guess the safest bet is just to keep my receipts. Mm-hmm. So if I forget to write down uh, each night, you know, at least I'll still have the receipts stacking up and I can get back to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Sounds good to me. Like you've got a great way to start. Like you said, can't know where to cut back if you don't know where your money's been going. Yep, for sure. Well, then after that, I wouldn't doubt, but what you'll probably see a plan unfolding and developing. Yeah, well, okay. But by the way, thanks for helping me get serious about this. I I wasn't planning on talking about this today, but yeah, it's a good thing. Oh, I'm glad to. But hey, you came up with it. I'll check back in with you later to see how you're doing. All right. Well, so there you have it. Um, Margie and I never claimed that we're going to be on the next Disney animation film as voice characters. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you do. But you kind of got the idea. Here's some observations I want you to notice about this first exercise. And then the second example that we give you, we're not going to do these same observations because that's going to be on the crosswalk guide where you're going to do but but uh, do what I'm right now about to do. So here's some observations. Notice, and this is so important, Margie never asked the literal, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? 
how are you going to, that's, that's not, we're not trying to say to have you do that literally. Um, the, the point there is that uh, rather than a drumbeat of the same way, it's like it's embedded. It's kind of, it's in your mind the whole time. It's those words, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Is, is constantly there in your mind. But you couch that question in uh, a different different uh, kind of way of saying it. And sometimes it's not even with a, an exact question. Uh, then uh, notice also how, as Margie is listening along, she is affirming when I've said something that where I'm starting to get specific. Uh, it's almost like playing the game hide-and-seek, where you know you're going, you're getting colder, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder, you're getting warmer. And when I'm st- when I'm actually saying something that seems like a reasonable kind of how you're going to do it answer, uh, then then you can do say some kind of an affirming statement. And so remember, she said, like you said, can't know where to cut back if you don't know where your money's going. So she she was affirming my initial thought of having to track my spending better. Then another way in which you couch the uh, how you're going to do that is by nudging them just towards something that might be workable. You don't, you don't have to give them an answer, but you notice how she said, well, how do you think you'll do that? Do you keep your receipts? See, she's, she's nudging. She's dropping a hint in about what uh, I possibly could have done. Both of those things, the encouragement, the nudging, like I said, is is like playing sort of hide and seek. And that's one of the ways in which you turn the how you're going to do that into something more subtle and yet having uh, the same effect on them. Then as we moved on, notice how she, in a couple cases, uh, put herself in the person, my shoes. Um, she was imagining along with me what challenges she might face. And she said, remember at one point, if it's me, I think I'd forget. And that was, again, a, a gentle reminder that was really like saying, how are you going to do that? Because it, in her mind, as she's listening, she's, she's just raising a question about whether or not me writing something down in the car is really the best way to do it. And, and then writing it down at the end of the day. And so... Uh, her, how are you going to do that is actually embedded in her saying, hmm, I think I might forget. And then notice one other observation. Notice that uh, several of the times she didn't rush her responses. Uh, even if you can see the steps very easily, because some people are just very strategic thinkers. If you, even if you can see that, don't come across that way and just, oh, it's obvious what you do. No, you don't do it. So you pause. You think along with the person as if, you know, you're, you're waiting for something to occur to you. And, um, you know, because if you're just pushing quickly through a process, it's going to feel like you're actually taking charge. So slow down. Imagine yourself joining in the process. And then finally... Remember that you are in this process to help them succeed. Don't take on, you know, remember how she said, oh, don't try to take on too much, though. You know, because a lot of times people who want to make, especially people who are kind of grand idealists, they'll they'll see some big thing they need to do and they'll try to get it all done at once. Oh, I don't know. Is there anybody you know like this? <laughs> Yeah, anyways, you got to just find it. And so she said, remember, don't try to take on too much. Just find a couple things that will make the biggest and quickest difference. 
Okay, those are the kind of observations that we make about this first example. Now, in the second one we're going to give, we're not going to do those observations, but those will be on the crosswalk for you to look at later and spend that kind of time. So, again, here we go with uh, example number two. We'll reverse roles this time, and uh, Margie will be the one. Very unusual. Okay. With the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I'm trying to decide whether to stay in my job or look for something different. Really? I, I didn't I didn't know you were having problems. I mean, have, are you fr- how long have you been frustrated in your job? Well, it's been a few months now. Well, how are you going to make the decision? That's a tough decision. I, I don't know. It's, that's what's hard about the whole thing. Well, when you want, when you when you feel like you need to make the decision, how long are you going to go on without making a change or whatever? Well, soon. I just can't keep up with this much longer at all. Hmm. So, I mean, have you thought about what you'd like to do? That'd be interesting. Yeah, I I think a lot about doing something like event planning. I think that could be really interesting. Hmm. Have you had any experience doing that? Well, not exactly, but I just know I like to work with people, and oh. I don't like being at my desk all day. And I think I'd like being out and around and where there's some more variety to what I mean, I'm doing. I totally get that. I mean, that is you. And so, but uh, I mean, finding it, have you done any looking around yet? Not yet. Not really. I've poked around online and read a few blogs from people who do event planning, and boy, it sounds pretty good. Well, I mean, you're never going to know until you actually start moving in that direction, so I'd say go for it. Well, I figured I need to give my boss at least a two-week notice Wait wait a minute. Whoa. Um, I mean, I know you're anxious to move on, but that's not exactly what I mean by getting started. Well, yeah, I know. I'm getting sort of anxious. I've got to do my homework, don't I? For sure. So, you know, so where do you start? Well, um... Well, one of my friends at work has a sister who works with an event planning agency. I could maybe ask my friend to get me a chance to talk to her. Oh, I like that. That's a, that would be a good opportunity, really. And, and you know, one thing leads yeah, to another. And, I, and I, maybe I could also start looking for job openings. I mean, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, event planning, I don't think of that as the typical thing you see advertised. Where do you even start looking for event mm-hmm. planning jobs? Newspapers, maybe? It's kind of old school, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's probably something better that leads online. Yeah, I mean, actually, there's one that shows up on TV commercials all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wait, um, isn't it something like Indeed.com or something? Yeah, that's the one. I was thinking of that one, but I I think I've heard there's others that you see from time to time. I can't remember the names right now, but. Well, maybe I can just. Google like job placement near me and see what pops up. I mean, that's going to do it. I mean, there are going to be thousands of options. Probably, if there's anything under that category, it's going to show up. Well, I think that's that's really gotten me started. I think I'm going to go for it. There's got to be something out there this time next year. Who knows? I may be working with caterers and photographers and setting up displays. Yeah. And sounds good. Don't just don't get out over your skis, as they say. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. And uh, hey, 
I'll be praying with you about this. Oh, sounds good. Hey, you know, thanks. This really helps just talking about it, makes it feel more real. And if I can just keep seeing myself heading somewhere in the meantime, until things start to develop, I can stick with this job just a little bit longer. All right. There you go, folks. Two extremely interesting and tremendously acted (laughs) examples for you. But here, a couple closing reminders. Um, uh, This whole idea, it's only basically saying, look at all around you, there are people who probably even many who don't have the money and they'd they'd be getting a life coach if if they could only afford one. And here we are. We're people who can care with the love of God about people, no matter who they are, who are in quandaries about what to do in life. We're not having to try to solve their problems or give them some big answer. So relax. You don't need to try to counsel. You're not trying to fix a problem. You're just helping them engage in a thinking process. And one more quick thing before we wrap up. You know, when you do this, I wish we had time to actually dig into some scripture here, but you can actually expect the Holy Spirit's help in this. Sometimes we over-spiritualize what it means to hear from the Lord. But when you're talking with people, these are people he loves. These are people he wants to guide. And so there will be often times where you just get in these conversations with people, you're taking them through this process, and an idea will drop into your mind. And that can actually be the Holy Spirit just helping to nudge you along in how you can be most helpful to that person. So you can expect that to be the case, and especially if you actually head out the door every day saying, Lord, use me today. I'd love to be kind of a little life coach for somebody today. So I've got another guide for you. So here it is. Um, this is going to be a really interesting crosswalk to use. It has the transcripts of both of the examples that we use. And remember, with example one, I actually gave you the observations to show how the um, relentless how was kind of embedded in subtle ways. I I didn't do that with the second example because uh, here in the crosswalk, you'll, you'll be able to read the second example, and I give you things to look for, kind of like in how kids, you know, have little objects that are hidden in a picture and they have to find those little objects. Well, kind of in the same way, the subtleties of the relentless how are hidden in this transcript, and I give you a list of five or six to look for and to underline or notate. Just gives you some practice of understanding how you don't just browbeat people with the question, how you're going to do that, how you're going to do that, how you're going to do that, but you just, you work with them in a very gentle, in a very direct, uh, directive, but encouraging kind of a way and sort of nudge them along. Well, again, I really appreciate those who have been uh, using, lots of people have been using the um, the crosswalks and uh, downloading them. A lot of people have been downloading the podcast, both the audio and the and watching the video online. I just really appreciate all, all of the encouragement that we've been getting back. And I, I would love it if you would go ahead and subscribe to the Fresh Impact channel. Just let people know. We believe that it's worth it, not because it's us, but because this particular lane that we're in right now of looking at Scripture and looking at our culture and asking the question, what kind of 
character do we need to develop in order to relate and to engage with our culture, people in our culture with grace? And that, I just think it's kind of a new area and it would, we would love it for people to find us. And so subscribe, uh, let your friends know. Remember, you can get on YouTube and you can get audio only versions. Just let people know about that. The links are at the very end here today. So again, I just want to thank you for being here. And I certainly want to thank Margie. Margie, thank you for joining me today. I and mean, she's not necessarily thrilled to be <laughs> to be a, like I am. I mean, I'm, I'm just, but this is this is a mission that we do share. And, and whether she's on screen or not, she is just constantly encouraging me and helping me think through and pray through what we can do each week. So uh, until we see you again next week. I want to thank you for being here. And the episode next week is going to be entitled, and rightly so, because it follows on from this, Asking the Relentless Why. So I hope you'll join us again next week at the intersection with Doug Newton. And remember, when it comes to asking the relentless how in people's lives, do it with the Lord as your guide. See ya. Yep.